When parents are asking simple questions like, why are you teaching this stuff to my children? Why is my little girl coming home depressed and, and, and asking questions, why is she white? This is nuts. This is not right. Hello, everyone. I am Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. And today, Terry Lynn Weaver, Republican representative from District 40, joins us to discuss a Safeguarding Our Schools event in Tennessee. Ms. Weaver represents uh, Smith, Trousdale, and part of DeKalb and Sumner counties and has a long history of being involved in Republican politics. She is married with one child and two grandchildren, a singer, songwriter, and small business owner. Terry has been named Female Vocalist of the Year and has written three number one gospel songs. Representative Weaver, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, Brandon. It's good to be here. So before we talk about the Safeguarding Our Schools event, which is Saturday, if you're out there and you're watching this, mark your calendar, Saturday, August 14th, and it's at the Restoring Hope Church at uh, 1041 Center Point Road in Henderson, Tennessee. But I'm a huge gospel fan, as we talked about a little bit before we got started. I saw Alabama last year, who has their own pretty good gospel catalog. They've done a few albums, and then you've got the Oak Ridge Boys that started out in gospel and have kind of gone back to it. Uh, so talk about you know what, what you did musically and, and what you're still doing today. Well, I uh, started singing in church, by the way, as a little what kindergarten you are my sunshine was one of my favorite songs I used to sing um, so yeah I always enjoyed singing in front of an audience to anyone who would listen and uh, uh, over the years years you know it just worked out to where I could actually make a living at it Brandon and it was it's a that's a blessing in itself to be able mm -hmm. to taking doing something that you enjoy and you're passionate about and be able to pay the electric bill so my husband and I, we met in Dallas-Fort Worth. I was raised in Ohio. I went to Dallas-Fort Worth to, uh, people say, why'd you go to Dallas? Why didn't you go to, to Nashville? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All I know is what we did. And I got married, met my husband, met the Lord, got my life turned around and started uh, singing through ch in churches. And my husband would just call the pastor and say, hey, my wife's a singer. And they say, oh, okay. So we would go. And over the years, that just progressed by word of mouth um, to a full-time uh, gospel ministry. Our son, Justin, uh, of course, we have one son, and we homeschooled him. He played guitar, and that guy is an amazing guitarist and very much in demand in the Nashville area. We moved to Tennessee in 91. The music business then moved us up here, uh, but we live an hour east of Nashville because we don't like city life. We like it out in the country. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, we did all we traveled over 30 years in the, in the gospel industry, taking the good news to people. And then uh, something happened along the way where I felt a call to run for this crazy thing called public office. And um, there you go. I've been doing it ever since I was um, gave my oath on January the 13th, 2009, the very morning my youngest grandson was born. So I've been serving for 12 years, and his name is Wynn, Wynn Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> is Very that, cool. That's a little short story in a nutshell. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Well, I mean, it's when you can go out and do it for a living, um, it's remarkable. I've got some friends that are professional road musicians, and boy, last year was rough 
for them. I had, I mean, oh, it was man. just, they couldn't, basically they were just made unemployable and, yeah. um, and it, it, it was, it was terrible. I watched four or five of them that make their living on the road every year. I see them when they're in town, friends of mine, and then they, you know, go out. Sometimes I only see them once a year because it's with their schedule in mind, it's the only time we can get together. But if, had you been, had this happened when you were <laughs> doing it, it would have been a, been something really quite strange. So switching gears back to safeguarding our school's event, uh, you know, 20 and 21 made a lot of parents go, wow. Yeah. Uh, some weird stuff going on in the schools. Um, you know, they, they treated children as if they were similar to people in nursing homes. And, you know, I always thought if we're going to mask them and do all this stuff, we might as well issue walkers and some, and some, you know, maybe some high blood pressure medicine while we're medicating them and treating them for things that they're probably not going to be at high risk of. And then, you know, TCAP scores are already for subjects like reading. We had a third reading at grade level. Now we've got a quarter. I did the averages this morning before we got on the program. So we're down. What do parents need to do about this? What do they need to be thinking about as we move into this school year? And of course, there's lots of lots of developments that have recently happened. What are your thoughts? Well, Brandon, you made a very interesting statement. What should parents do? And uh, first and foremost, I believe parents are already moving and doing because uh, very close to home, uh, my own son was actually, while being home and not on the road, was taking interest in what was being put before the boys and the content. And I, I've served on education my whole tenure, except for one. And one thing I have always been extremely um, vocal about is content. I homeschooled my son. So I spent hours looking for good quality content to teach my son. And content is out there. And again, you know, you've heard it say, I've heard it say all my life, garbage in and garbage out. You continue to feed our children lies and disinformation, um, content that that is not truthful, that is not good, that does not have any good, it's not lovely, beautiful, or wonderful. I mean, you got to teach a balance of things, but again, if you constantly focus on bad content, you're going to have bad test results. Um, I remember going to a grandparent's day out at one of my grandson's schools for uh, library day, book day. You go, gram grandmas and grandpas go, and they buy, have tea with their teachers and their and their grandkids and then you buy a book out of the library I kid you not I looked in that library for an hour for a good piece of literature and found none I finally asked the librarian where's all the classics oh we don't have any classics but we have these wimpy kid books I went, <laughs> what the heck wimpy kids I read that stuff and I went all it does is just degrade parents uh it, it's garbage Give me something that's positive and teaches good civic value, uh, community values, and how to be, you know, a good citizen like we had, you know, years ago. But anyway, that's what parents are doing. In, in answer to your question, Brandon, parents are doing, um, and they are in action. They're taking action. They have been woke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are attending uh, the school board meetings, which they should, because Parents are in charge of their children, not government entities, not government is not in charge. Schools are not, they, they're responsible while they're in the classroom. I get that, but they are not over parents rule. And when parents are asking simple questions like, why are you teaching this stuff to my children? 
why is my little girl coming home depressed and, and, and asking questions, why is she white? This is nuts, this is not right. And this does nothing to build up the child. It does nothing to, to build up our society. You know, we, we've, we've got some skeletons in our closet, who doesn't? But the fact is, um, our American history is good. We've come a long way and we need to teach our children to love this country and uh, to be grateful to live in this country and, and then be taught how to have good civic manners and be good citizens. So I that's agree. what we can do. That's, I mean, that's, that's proactive right now. And again, I applaud parents who are going to these school board meetings. They need to be held accountable. If you enjoy Tennessee news coming to you conservatively, please do support us, guys. We run on grassroots support. I know every conservative is just like, I'm going to watch this stuff for free. I'm going to read this stuff for free. Somebody else is going to give. Please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. You can click the link. It's either above or below this video. I don't care. Ten bucks a month, five bucks a month, fifty dollars. If you give fifty dollars, we'll send you this wonderful, proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. If you put criminal race theory into this and you close it up and you shake it, you know what comes out? No racism. Because this strips it completely out. Uh, maybe some people in a public education in our universities and our chambers of commerce might need something like this so that they can get back to basics and their humanity, treating people like people instead of like animals, which is how you, you would treat animals is classifying them by their appearance and not by the content of their character. Additionally, when you give any amount, we will send you this directory of state senators and um, state representatives so you can contact them and support of their reforms to the school to keep this critical race theory out. Please go there, guys. We run on grassroots support. If I don't have any support, we can't continue to do this. So please go there and give whatever you can. Uh, the liberals are giving. Uh, that's why we are outnumbered 80 to 1 in Tennessee. So we need your help. Well, it, it I mean, it takes a small group of very dedicated and vocal people to make things usually move. And uh, we've had a very, you know, very quietly and without a whole lot of fanfare, um, the teachers unions and a lot of people that are that are in these government schools have slowly put curriculum in there. And finally, uh, I think kids also being at home in front of screens um, and things of that nature made a lot of parents that for the first time ever, they got to actually watch and see what was being taught to their children and, and they did not like it. Now, the Tennessee legislature recently passed a law prohibiting the teaching of CRT and guidance has been recently issued on this, but many are fearful that, you know, Penny Schwinn does not have the conservative credentials to enforce the law given her track record and professional history. I mean, the thing that I cannot get out of my head, no matter how hard I try, was that very lengthy, labor-intensive child wellness check ah. that came out. Oh my gosh, we all and, went livid. We were livid. And I'm... And I was like, this, I mean, Billy had to know something about this. This is this is not like a one-page bullet point thing. This is like a treatise, a treatise on how we're going. I mean, if, if you were already teaching the kids to read and write and you had everything was going great, right? You were just fantastic at everything. Maybe take on something real weird, but if you can't do the basics, uh, maybe we just need to go back to the basics. But uh, in a lot of Tennessee school teachers have recently pledged openly, either by signing petitions writing articles, posting on social media that they can they are going to teach this stuff in a way that 
that hopefully doesn't get them caught or they're just going to openly teach it. So what are you hearing about this and, and what, you know, what should people be prepared to do to make sure that, that now that we've got some legislation in place that it actually gets enforced or monitored? Well, um, first, there's, there's a history behind all this madness. And it started my freshman year, Brandon, in 2009, when we had a special session, uh, Governor Bredesen called for the race to the top. Do you remember mm. that? And it was back in the day when the, uh, Obama had become president and all kinds of cash was gonna come to the states for all those who would buckle up, grab the money and take orders. And you know what? was $500 million and Tennessee took that stinking money. And here we are, what, 10, 11 years later, and we're, we're seeing the progression. What happens when you take money from the government? You get control. And so I wanted to say that because this money has cost us years of of our education, you know, I called it, they called it race to the top and I saw, I call it dive to the bottom because our scores have been, have plummeted. And so that being said, when you have a system going that, for that long of a time, you've got teachers coming out of um, Teach for America, they're out of progressive institutes, they're coming into our classrooms and they're teaching our kids that progress, that, that toxic stuff. Um, but you ask, what am I hearing now? Uh, I have a, I go to my schools every two years and make a school tour and I sit in my classrooms and I really have great relationships with the teachers in my district. Not, I don't know all of them, but I know a good bit of them. I, I would say I have the heartbeat of what my school system is. And these teachers who have been teaching for a while now, they, and many of them are quitting early, by the way because they don't agree with what's coming down the pike. They read this stuff and they go, this is nuts. And plus these teachers, uh, I mean, I feel for them, the good ones, is because they don't wanna teach critical race theory. They think it's bogus, they think it's a lie. And there's too many other good things to teach. But when teachers are constantly being, um, shall I say, uh, observed in their classes, making sure that they teach this curriculum exactly right, um, they're not for that, and it ties their hands. So currently, um, I'm hearing a lot of teachers, yeah, there are, what, 21, 27 teachers that said that they are going to teach race the top, I mean, critical race no matter what, but there's a majority of those who said they don't want to teach it. So we need to see, you know, what's going to come down come down the pike. I support these teachers and I think parents should get behind the good ones and support them. And there's many of them out there. But again, um, uh, education is a state function. We, we oversee it. We like to say we give the locals uh, autonomy to, be, um, to make their own decisions. But when a bulk of the money comes from the state, then we have to, I mean, wherever the money comes from, you get the control. <laughs> <laughs> on the state, yeah. on the state level. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just. I just want to say that that number one, I hear there's a lot of great teachers out there who don't want to teach this, and a lot of them um, are very quiet and and they don't they don't want to be known. They just want to teach their kids. They don't want to get involved in the stuff because they really care for their kids. So and I respect I respect their their wishes in that. So 
Well, I, you know, there's a lot of conservatives in general uh, think that somebody else will do something. Yeah. They think that this is a fad, that that they don't have to speak up, that they can't rock the boat. And in my in my experience, and I've been doing this over about 20 years on the political side, that does not work. No, I've yet, I've yet to see that work. One, yeah. day, one day that might work, but I've not seen it work yet. And I hate it that you have to shine a light on, on some of this dark stuff the way you do, but sometimes you have to, and it, it won't make you the most popular person at every Lincoln Day dinner because some, some people could care less about this stuff. And it's just, you know, you got to stand in the gap. So switching gears to one, one kind of last thing here, and then I'd like to talk about this safeguarding the schools event in more detail. A lot of decisions about COVID are being made at the school board level. The reasonings and evidence behind a lot of these restrictions are very arbitrary and they change by the week. And they've usually been on both sides of the issue multiple times. And uh, the authority, you know, for the schools, as you mentioned, comes from the legislature. Do you think anything will be done to rein in some of these school boards? I know that Speaker Sexton talking about, talked about calling a special session uh, for school choice, which, boy, I'd be behind. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think is going to happen? Because you've got Shelby County and a few other counties that are kind of going rogue. Um, and those kids are going to be the ones that, that have to suffer for it. Um, well, first and foremost, I applaud Speaker Sexton in his comment. That was very courageous of him. I sent him a text. I had just seen the press release. I went, whoa. I mean, I went, you know, I said, you know, Speaker Sexton, I applaud you on that because it's going to take some spine to, um, to deal with this in all aspects of it. So I applaud him on what he said. And uh, what we're what we got to do going down the pike is we got to continue to call our school boards and our institutions accountable. I want to I want to, and that's one reason why this uh, safeguard our school, uh, the genesis of it. Um, of course, I was <laughs> if uh, the secret to be known, not a secret, but to be known how I got involved is I had some teachers come to my office and talk to me about this. And they said, we're having this event. And they told me about it. And they said, I said, where's it going to be? They said, it's going to be in a church. And I went, well, hot diggity dog. That's where these things should happen in the church. Because the church is, the, is supposed to be the nucleus of the community. And I'm excited that churches all across this nation are being woke up as well. Because they're realizing that if they don't make a statement or come out of the shadows and speak for truth, we're going to get run over. And a lot of these people, a lot of these churches are getting involved in their community events. And so for that, I'm grateful. But Safeguard Our Schools started with, um, as I understand it, uh, Robin Steeman, and she'll be one of the speakers at this event. I went to the Moms for Liberty event in uh, Williamson County here, what, last month. And to be honest with you, I never realized how bad that curriculum truly was until she presented it in front of, I guess there were four or 500 people there. It was an amazing event. So that opened my eyes to even more. I already knew the content was garbage anyway, but that was like, whoa. So they're taking these chapters. I've read that the Moms for Liberty chapters is growing in leaps and bounds. So they're bringing one out to Sumner County. 
Some people think it's a, a bash against public schools. No, it is not a bash against public schools. It's, it's just, it's calling people, it's rallying people to keep our systems accountable. And anytime parents cannot go to a school board meeting and they cannot be heard, we have a problem. We really do. That needs to be, um, you know, I understand that if you want to go to school board meeting, you, you send your agenda a month in advance. And I get that. You have to have a protocol. But at least when you come there, you should be able to, to, to bring your concerns before the board. There should be um, civil discussion and debate. If we can't have that, Brandon, I mean, you're not going to agree with everything I stand for or vice versa. But that's the beauty about this country. We can debate civilly and work on a solution going forward. You cannot shut people's voices down. Everybody needs to be heard. And just because, um, you know, my, my uh, ideas of something don't marry with the opposite side doesn't mean I should not have my voice. So parents need to be heard. Again, parents are the taxpayers. Without parents, you can't have public schools, <laughs> period. And so when Cameron Sexton says, look, if you schools are going to go against the very thing that we as the legislative body voted on and approved, then we're gonna have to take some, some steps and you're not gonna like it. And so, you know, I don't wanna go to special session. I surely don't wanna do that. But again, it's, it's my duty to do the right thing. And schools need, uh, I mean, again, parents are in control of their kids. That's the bottom line. And I, again, I applaud our parents who are waking up and realizing what's happening because we're at a precipice. We're at a crossroads here. We really are. And so Speaker Sexton said, if, if we need to take the child and let that money truly follow the child, then so be it. But I do. I would, I would love to see the money follow the child regardless of this stuff that's happening right now. You know, we... First, one, one comment, our church, Calvary Chap Chapel in Chattanooga, Tennessee, has a, they, they put together an entire civics program. And once a month, we bring people in uh, to talk about the culture because they used to, it, it seemed to be, they, I don't know where this came from because it's not in the scriptures, that Christians are not supposed to comment uh, about or participate in or push back against culture when all the prophets and all, all the apostles and Jesus with the Sadducees and the rest who were the ruling classes, like there was not a whole lot of uh, a biblical harmony <laughs> when, yeah. when, God, when God picked his man or woman. Yeah. Uh, it was usually it was usually to correct stuff more than go along with it. And churches have to be involved. We send our child to a small Christian school because we're, we're districted. I'm, I live in the urban center here in Chattanooga. I can't I can't send them there. And for $6,500, roughly half of, of what it would cost to educate a child in Tennessee, she gets a fantastic education with small class sizes. Yeah. And so I'm a, a big advocate of ESAs, vouchers. I don't care how you have to get it done. Uh, but these kids, it's just to take 13 years of their life and for them to come out the other end and not be able to read or write or, or be uh, employable is a... Uh, that seems really wrong. <laughs> It's well, and it's it's to me, it's morally reprehensible that yeah. we just keep throwing money at it and hoping it's going to change. I mean, you get 40, 40, 50 years is plenty. That's a long test run. 
may be something different. Uh, so the details on Safeguarding Our Schools event, how can people get involved and come hear you speak there? That is being held at a church called Restoring, is it Restoring uh, Hope? Restoring Hope Church in yes. uh, Hendersonville. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm thrilled that these events are happening in the church house. I really am. Uh, I would probably contact the church. I've never been there before, so this is a first for me. And it starts at 3.30. It will be over by 6.30. I would recommend uh, looking up some of the people that are on. Go to their website, I guess. And there is a flyer that gives those that are, that are speaking. And uh, follow um, the Moms for Liberty. And uh, I mean, it's all over the internet. This this, this yeah. is everywhere. It's not hard to find. Yeah. But so, take part, and then and then pray, and just see what the Lord would have you to to what part you're going to take in. Grandparents, moms, dads, come. That's right. what I'm doing. I mean, I I went to just sing the national anthem. Now they want me to to you know give a few minutes. Uh, you know, speak. I said, well, you don't want a politician to talk. <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm passionate about this and that, again, it's all about content. Well, we need politicians to talk and we need, we need some, some, we need, we need to be, I think, in many cases as vocal and as, and as decisive about what we do as Republicans and conservatives as they are on the other side of the aisle. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people, myself included, like I really, I felt a, a tad abandoned by one branch of government for the last year and a half, because Governor Lee has pretty much decided whatever's going to happen whenever. We got 24% fewer small businesses now than we did uh, this time a year ago. And I coach small businesses all over the nation and corporate profits are up, mom and pops are down. And uh, I really, I hope that at some point in the future, even outside of the elements of education that the legislature, which is a co-equal branch of government, We'll, we'll put some guardrails around executive actions. I think I saw an article from Bruce Griffey about that in the Tennessee Star today. Because I just worry. I mean, like I elect all these other people and I, I've not, it, and as it relates to COVID, I've not had any representation for a long time. Uh -huh. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, Sexton and, you know, and even if it's not, it's not about Bill Lee, it's about any future governor should have to work with the uh, legislative branch if they're going to do something that's that big of an impact on people's lives. Um, I think they should have to work together on it. Well, Miss Weaver, you've been fantastic. Thank you for standing up and doing this and for, for getting involved because our, our parents and our kids need you. Uh, closing thoughts are yours. Well, thank you, Brandon, for giving me a, a time on your program. Again, I'm just one of, of many but if we all of many work together and we come together on an issue and nothing is more important than the future of our children and their education and what and investing in their education and so that they can carry the mantle for us. So um, I guess that's I know that's why I've been on education. It's the it's one of the biggest workhorse committees there is There's a lot of labor of hours, a lot of hours are labored. Uh, on that committee and my colleagues that serve, we really work hard on it. And so we're on that committee because we care about kids and I care about what's in front of our children. Um, and so I didn't really realize that this was, this was creating kind of a stink with some folks about 
safeguarding our schools. And my, my question is, well, it, if you're irritated by, by it, you know, aren't you concerned about our schools being safe? Whether they be, you know, the building or the content, um, you know, if, you, if you're concerned for our children, then you should be all about safeguarding our schools. That's how I look at it. So I look forward to taking part in this event on Saturday, being with the moms, the grandparents, and the concerned citizens of our great state. And again, we just need to unite. We need to say, we also need to say enough is enough because this critical race theory is not productive. It's devised to destroy and divide. And there is a, you know, I'm going to sing the national anthem, right? They asked me to come sing the national anthem. Well, I say, well, you know, there's a policy I have about singing our anthem. I will come and sing it anywhere at any time, but two verses I will sing together. And then the most important verse, um, it's down in, I think it's the third or fourth verse. I'm really not sure. But there's a line in it that says, um, then conquer we must. When our cause, it is just. And this be our motto. In God is our trust. That is a powerful piece of lyric for such a time as this. And so, and I'll leave with that thought. <laughs> very good. Well, uh, Representative Weaver, thank you for your time. You've been very kind with it. Uh, if you'd like to follow what's going to happen uh, at, at this Safeguarding Our Schools event. We will be doing a write-up on it um, probably Monday or Tuesday of next week. So you can go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and get more in-depth reporting. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis, signing off.